Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Good morning, Paige. Good morning, Mom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good after our plumbing emergency this morning, um, but it's all good now, and I'm so glad because we have a guest today. Um, Kate Hollis is with us. She's a copywriter. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Kate. Can you just like a little two minute bio about yourself? Sure. Yeah. It's great to, great to finally meet both of you. Um, So my name's Kate Hollis. I am a full-time copywriter and a part-time librarian. Um, I live in the Boston area. Uh, I'm the mom of a five-year-old boy um, who uh, has special needs. And um, I'm also working on launching my own podcast. So it's like really cool for me to be on yours and kind of see behind the scenes. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, So thank you so much. Um, I didn't actually know exactly where you were located when somebody introduced us. So that's, um, that's great. Boston's a beautiful city. It is. Yeah, my son and I looked at a bunch of colleges there when he was looking for colleges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, so we asked a lot of our, or we ask actually all of our guests the same three questions to get like a variety of different answers. So Paige usually does that. Yeah. Okay. What is something you can't go a day without doing? Something I can't go a day without doing. Um, honestly, I take a nap almost every day. I love that. Just like a little quickie in the afternoon, but I just find that my nervous system really needs it to reset. So that's I hid I hid my nap um, habit from people for a long time because I was like, no, that sounds really indulgent and lazy. But I was like, no, this is something that I need. So yes, I'm a napper. You know, Winston Churchill was a napper. Mm-hmm. And he did it through like a major war. So I think if he can do it, I'll, do it. <laughs> I'll take it for sure. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. habit have you found that helps your brain the most? Habit that I've found that helps my brain the most. Um, I've taken up crocheting. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have a hard time like staying in my body and there's something really grounding about it for me that um, I didn't realize I was missing until I found it. So I'm, I'm certainly not good at it. Um, I'm working on it, but yeah, there's something to be said about doing something with your hands. So that's, that's my new thing. Mm, Nice. I like that. Um, And lastly, what are you excited about today? What am I excited about today? Um, so my, so we have a, we have a dog. She's almost two years old. So she's still very much a puppy. And this, um, she goes to a puppy play group (laughs) that they come and pick her up. And I just love like when she comes and they pick her up and drop her off. And I love when they drop her off because there's this van full of puppies that just pulls into the driveway 
and you just see them all. They're like separated into little um, crates within the car, but it's just the, it's the funniest thing. And no matter what I'm doing and what kind of mood I'm in, I'm like, I know that there is a car full of puppies that will be pulling up my driveway <laughs> in a few hours. So um, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> oh, that's for sure something to look forward to every day. Right. She doesn't do it every day. She does it once, sometimes twice a week. But okay. I look forward to it as much as she does because she is just this like ball of excitement when they come <laughs> that it makes me happy by proxy. That's so nice. It's like a Freudian Freudian. Do you know what that is? So most uh, people know what shining Freudian is, right? Mm-hmm. Like. But Freud and Freudin is actually like having joy for somebody else's joy. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help it. She's just so happy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so I'm kind of interested because I didn't know this before. I knew you were a copywriter, but in your bio, you said uh, just now that you were a part-time librarian. What's that mm-hmm. about? So I work at Um, on a super part-time basis, I work as a substitute. So in the way that there are substitute teachers, there are substitute librarians. So sometimes I get the call on the bat phone and um, I go in and I'll cover a desk when somebody needs to take a day off or um, is out sick or something like that. And I love it. It's in um, a, a small city outside of Boston that is super diverse, um, has a lot of different um, communities within the city that get services through the library. So not only do I get to be around books, which is my favorite, and being around book people, um, libraries are, uh, in, in the city where I work, it's a really like central part of the town and providing services to the elderly, to the unhoused population to, um, you know, local immigrants. So it's just a nice way for me to kind of get out of my entrepreneur bubble and to like be in service to others in a different way. That's very cool. Were you um, a librarian in a past life? No. So, I mean, I'm, I don't have a master's degree in library science. Um, a lot of librarians love the book side of things and less the public facing side. And so I do a lot of the, like primarily the public facing work. Um, And I actually only started doing it at the same time as I started doing my copywriting business as well, because it's kind of a nice, a nice balance to be able to do both. Nice. I was a substitute teacher for like 10 years in the school district near us. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, it's definitely different, right? Oh, yeah. But I worked every day I wanted because I was perfectly happy to work in special ed rooms and in yep. middle schools where most people are not looking to work, right? Most people want like the cute little elementary students or they want <laughs> the, like high schoolers to have like bigger conversations, right? But I was like, middle schoolers are great, right? So mm-hmm. that's up there, that's fine. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so tell us about how you've made your business friendly for your brain. Um, so I, I work on a project basis, mm-hmm. uh, because for me, like my neurodiversity is like, so intertwined with my mental health mm-hmm. that, um, 
it's hard for, and then that and plus motherhood, it's really hard for me to know that month to month, my life is going to look the same in terms of like my level of functioning, my son's needs. And so I take things on kind of on a project basis so that I can look month to month and know, okay, I can do this. Um, And then I build in flexibility to kind of allow for when things need to maybe go a little bit longer or to build in a buffer between projects. Um, So that's the main way. And that's not how a lot of copywriters work. Um, A lot have like retainer clients where month to month you work with the same client, provide the same kind of services or products. Um, And I also, you know, not only does it work for my, my life and my brain, but I just really like the variety. Um, it's, it's just so for me, I'm just so motivated by curiosity that while I do see the value in working on like a really deep basis with the same people over and over again, I just like to learn new things and like learn about, you know, all the things that people are doing. So, you know, while it has its challenges to kind of be out there looking for more clients, more projects, Um, I kind of don't want it any other way. Like, that's just what makes me thrive and happy to kind of just constantly be acquiring new knowledge. And I do that by taking on different kinds of projects. Very cool. Um, With some of the like most interesting ones you've done recently. Mm, um, So I've recently started writing um, quizzes. So... Mm -hmm. Like if you were to go onto a company or a brand's website and they say, you know, like, what is your something, something personality or, uh, so I've done a lot of those for, um, different kinds of creative service providers and they're super fun because it allows me to bring together my strategy brain and my eccentric creative self and to kind of bridge them together because quizzes allow you to you know, you talk about like pop culture, you ask about people's like TV shows and books that they read. But on the back end, there's all of this strategy into what information does my client need about their audience to be able to serve them in the best possible way. So um, quiz writing has become far and away my favorite thing to work on. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't And I just never would have thought of like a copy. I mean, of course, now that you say it, of course, copywriters write those quizzes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just never really thought about it before. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, how like how many projects would you take on in a month? I mean, depending on how big they are, um, no more than three. Okay. Okay. But more often like one or two, depending on how comprehensive they are. Okay. Um, and no, Serena. So tell us, um, and I asked you this before we came on, so I'm not surprising you with this question, but so tell us a little bit about, um, your journey through discovery of your neurodiversity and like how that came about. Yeah, it's, it's really only been since, the beginning of this school year when 
Um, I know. I mean, I've always, I've always been this way. Like I, I just never really had the language to like identify and articulate mm-hmm. like what was kind of unique about the way that I think and experience the world. But, um, you know, my son going into kindergarten and going into a public school system, being around in a more traditional academic setting, um, he was having a hard time. And particularly from like a sensory perspective, it was just really overstimulating for him to the point that he was having a really hard time functioning. And so it was recommended to us that he start doing occupational therapy, which um, was, I mean, so not something that I really understood as like a a field or a discipline, but it has been so life-changing for him. And as I went with him to these appointments, and in learning about sensory processing disorder, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is me. Um, and like, I had always identified as like a highly sensitive person. I was always the, the kid who felt too deeply, who noticed like really minute things that, um, I found that other people would often dismiss, you know, as being either like overly emotional or it's like you're making things up when really like my nervous system is just like ramped all the way up. And so sometimes I know things to be true without even having like the words to put to it because it's like my brain has taken in different data points um, without it kind of being in my like rational brain quite yet. So, um, and kind of him learning how to better regulate himself, that's how I came to start doing the same sorts of things for myself and being able to not only, um, take better care of myself, but also to think about how being neurodiverse, being like having a really highly attuned, like sensory experience makes me really good at my job. Um, because I can so naturally tune into somebody's voice to connect with other people's emotions and to not be uncomfortable with it because that's just kind of how I exist in the world. And so, you know, being neurodiverse has its challenges and, but I also wouldn't trade it for anything um, because I think it allows me to really experience like depth and beauty, uh, in a way that, um, is really profound. Awesome. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, I think it's great when people get to the point where they're like, oh, this is like, this is all of who I am. Yeah. So I'll take the challenge because I get these amazing benefits too. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not easy though. Like when, you know, we live in a, we live in a world that is like sensory overload everywhere. And, um, you know, we moved from the city to more of a like suburb environment that was quieter, but, you know, I just have to accept, or, and it took me a while to accept that my serotonin levels are never going to be at kind of a typical level. <laughs> and so I take medication and for a long time, I gave myself a really hard time about taking meds, but now I realize that, 
you know, it's not something that I take because there's something that I need to fix or that there's something wrong with me, but because they make me healthy. Like this is something, this is a tool that I need to like be, be a better parent, to be a better partner, um, and to, you know, be, be my true self without kind of getting bogged down by all the negative, you know, mental health symptoms that sometimes can come with not being able to filter out all of the emotions and sensory things in the world. Mm -hmm. No, there's definitely mental health issues that come from living in a world that was not designed for people with neurodiversity. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sounds, the smells. Absolutely. I, uh, Paige and I both carry loops with us those earplugs. Oh, yep. Those loops. Mm-hmm. We do too. They're the best. I we love do. those, especially at the movie theater where yep. it's really loud, um, yep. or the airport or wherever. Um, so many places. Yeah. Um, I even wear them around my house. Sometimes mm-hmm. if I have a migraine, I definitely put them in. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yep. um, for sure. Um, and I'm sort of like the light Nazi in the house. Where the lights are like pretty bright right oh, now because yeah. we're on camera. I don't usually have these on, but but we're on camera, so they're on. Um, but um, for sure, we we totally get the whole highly sensitive thing. Um, so, what, have you changed anything like since you've realized this information about your son and yourself? Like, did you purposely move because you learned this about yourselves, or like, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was during COVID that we really like, like so many people realized that in kind of being in our houses all the time (laughs) that we, we needed more individual space Mm -hmm. um, to, um, you know, and, and I mean, my husband too, like he's, um, he's also neurodiverse. Like he has some qualities of like spectrum. Um, And so we have a little bit more room where we each have our own space, which makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not living near like, you know, like the highway or buses. So I don't smell the same exhaust. There are lots of trees. So it was, it was primarily a COVID decision where we were like, okay, we're going to be in our house for this long, this often. Like we, (laughs) we need a little bit something else, but it was like, when we moved here, it was like, I could feel like my body just kind of relaxed into it in a way that I hadn't felt. Nice. So uh, it was the right move. For sure. We, um, we usually have like when Paige was younger, we definitely, or she definitely on her own sort of came up with this idea of like, I need a people break. Mm -hmm. So she would come home from school and she'd be like, I'm home. I had a fine day. I'm going mm-hmm. for a table break. <laughs> it was like, I, I'm i done, right? Yeah, I feel that. And then she would come out when she was ready. And she does the same thing now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, she's yeah. getting ready to, to move out. She's looking for her own house. But she'll come home from work and be like, I'm home. How are you? I'm good. Going for my people break. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the way it is, right? And, like, and, and we're all good with that. Even if we're just like, family and we're around playing like games all day together for like mm-hmm. a holiday. That's our board games are our go-to family activity. Um, 
Right. And, but she'll be like, okay, we've played, like, we've been together for like two hours. And like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Like that, that's just how things are sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so great that you can articulate and identify that like, this is what I need. And so that it took I a while to get there for sure. Her di- <laughs> oh, I relate to that too. Yep. Her diagnosis came pretty Weird. late and pretty Weird. oddly. Yeah. Um, and I really had to fight for some of them. Right. Like, yes. oh, yeah, we were, I was, you know, school district was not behind me at all. They were like, no, she's fine. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> like, so we're okay. trying we're trying to get all of the letters and the, <laughs> the appointments and <laughs> that you're doing it in kindergarten. She was in sixth grade, mm. got the first diagnosis, and she was well, in college with the second. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really had to fight for well, them. Yeah. I-, I don't know. Yeah. So the, the school district wasn't always supportive. Um, so, um, so you're starting that journey with your son to get all that going. Um, yeah. what are you learning through that process as like, just as a mom? Yeah. Um, that there's, you know, there's this kind of flip side to living in a town with a quote, good school district. Uh, and it's like the town we live in and people move here specifically to go to the schools. Oh, wow. Wow. Which is, which is not something that I'm familiar with at all. Like when I grew up, I went to a school that even now is still kind of like lower ranking, you know, in terms of like test scores, but Mm -hmm. I got a great education. I went to school with really smart people. Um, but here they define achievement in a very specific way. And I'm noticing that it trickles all the way down to kindergarten. And (laughs) I know. And so it's like, (laughs) and like, we're starting to look into like other, like less traditional schooling models for him. Um, Because last year, his preschool was a nature-based program. He did so well with it. it. I love that. Yeah. So like, we're trying to see if, you know, maybe more of like a Montessori model might work well, but I was, I'm just so blown away that like he's in kindergarten and he's taking all of these assessments and evaluations for his academic skills. And I'm like, I just want him to be a happy, healthy human. Um, You know, like this, like all of these tests say say nothing about his progress. Like he will be fine, but he just, he's, he knows that he's being constantly like monitored and measured and I'm kind of stressed, especially at five. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to change a thing about him. And if this kind of learning model is causing him stress, then I want to find one that might work a little bit better or at least have the tools that I can advocate for what he needs. Sure. So it might be more of like a hybrid model where maybe he does some home learning with me and goes to school for part of the day, but right. it's a journey. Um, and is. I've had to really kind of steal myself for it because they don't make it easy. No, they don't. I, um, I eventually like, I ended up opting most of my kids out of state testing. Yeah. It's like, it's just, not, it's just not, it's, a, and, and it's all the stuff state testing does is prove like how you were that one day right yes yep so for Paige what it proved was she's a nervous she's a nervous test taker yeah right and so right because her grades were good but her test my my son the same 
<laughs> test scores were never good, right? Um, yeah. My son, the way they do testing in our state was you take the grade level test of the grade you're in. Mm-hmm. And my son was like three years ahead in math. Yeah. We'd finish the test in 10 minutes and then had to sit there. It was crazy. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I think mamas always know best. Yeah. You got to yeah. do what you got to do for I each know. individual kid that you have. Yeah. Right. I parented yeah. all my kids very differently because they're very different children. Yeah. And unfortunately, this mama actually has to drop off our call. Yes, absolutely. And on an appointment with one of said specialists. Yes, please <laughs> to do. Try to get the, the letters and documents. I will um, include your contact information and your website in our description. Um, thank you. And we appreciate your time so much. I'm sorry we had a plumbing issue and you have an appointment, but your appointment's super important. So yes. go do that. And um, yeah. Good luck yeah. with the podcast. I love, I love talking with both of you, and I'm going to look forward to keeping in touch. Absolutely. That sounds great. Have All a right. wonderful day. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you are interested in emailing us, you can reach us at thendtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the neurodiversetoolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.